Warning. This podcast does not contain actual virgins. Discretion is advised. The Movie Virgins. I'm Lindsay Schaefer. And I'm Leah Bross. And this is Movie Virgins, a weekly discussion of our first times with movies. Each week, one of us is re-watching the film, and the other is seeing it for the first time. And this week, we watched... Dude, dude, dude. No, we watched Yesterday. That was a weird... That's that's Ed Sheeran. No, no, I, I got it. It was... It just... It just came off weird. Hey, dude... Which, does that just make you think of Hey Dude? Like the show Hey Dude? No, no. It just, when he sings Doody, 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 I guess. I loved the Doody, Doody. Yeah, like you don't hear yourself right now? Because I totally understand turning it into Dude for modern audience. Right, right. <laughs> but do you not hear the rest? But what Sheeran thought he was doing, well, Sheeran in the movie thought he was doing was just writing an original song. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. So we watched Yesterday. My pick uh, came out in 2019, and I picked this movie for a couple of reasons. One, it was the first movie that I have I've ever seen. I went to the theater alone. Oh, this is the first movie you've ever seen alone? This is the first I'd ever seen. You're like 40 years old. I know, right? It was a big, it was a big adventure. So that was fun. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, the other reason I picked it was because I loved it. Uh, It's about a man played by Himesh Patel who during a blackout, a global blackout, is hit by a bus and he's a singer-songwriter. And when he comes to, he he slowly begins to realize that he woke up to a world where the Beatles do not exist. And so the Beatles and their music play a big part. And I grew up with the Beatles. I was actually trying to think of the first time, like if I could remember the first time I ever heard them, and I can't. I just, they were always around. Sure. I think that's the case with most people. Yeah. So, you know, growing up with them, really love their music, and um, just have lots of really great memories of, you know, my mom playing the records, dancing in the living room, singing the songs. I mean, I had cassette tapes of some of their... I remember I just adored Paperback Writer because I wanted to be a paperback writer, so I just really... I dug that one. Um, so I remember the first time watching it, I to set the scene, it, you know, was a local theater. I went to a night showing... And it, the theater was just, there were not many people in there, but the, it was mostly just boomers. Probably people my mom's age. You could probably maybe not use that term and just say people of whatever age you mean, instead of buying into the... Into the bullshit? Yeah. Anyway, people of that age. Mm. I don't know what age that would be. <laughs> See, you don't even know what They're generation six, in, People from the six, in their 60s. And um, I remember being really excited to go see a movie by myself and just throughout the entire show coughing people in their pockets with their oh, hard candies their hard candies unwrapped. with their was wrappers. it you though be honest was it, it wasn't you me i didn't bring any, unwrapping your words didn't bring original? any worthers to the theater um but so i was just like oh, so you man. were in your elements I, I was i was with my people um and for sure lots of tears um really yes okay. because of the music like i just 
I was in an emotional state anyway because like going to the movies by myself was kind of a thing like I was like I'm gonna do this like I'm gonna be an independent woman I'm gonna go watch this movie by myself and then listening to music that means a lot to me and then the end he gets to meet John Lennon who was played by Robert Carlyle who's one of my mom's favorite actors I don't know I never understood it she was oh, like I love like, Robert Carlyle she loved the full Monty it was that, so again, great I just He's amazing. I don't understand. What's not to understand? <laughs> I don't get it. I think the only Robert Carlyle movie that I really I enjoy this movie, but um, Twenty Eight Weeks Later is yeah, really good for me. I love it. So anyway, just I was just really, and I think too, just the message of this movie. So what what is it he says at the end when he meets John Lennon? Which, I was writing down my favorite scenes, and I feel like this is probably my absolute favorite scene. Because you don't... I don't know. I have lots of questions for you, but he... He's he's basically telling him... He says, you know, have you had a successful life? And he's like, I've had a happy life. And so that makes... That's what makes it successful. But the message of, you know, tell the truth to everyone whenever you can. And tell the people you love you love them. I, you know, those are... Huh? I said that's nice. You just... It's a, it's a nice message. It's, it's an important message. So, um, and I've been talking a lot recently about how radical honesty and blah, 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 blah. So anyway, <laughs> I, like, it moved me and I thought it was wonderful. And it was, you know, a cute little comedy. When I watched it the first time, I wasn't super thrilled with the love story. It felt really shoved in there and I disliked it. This time around, I could see where they, I could sort of see, I don't know. It's still a struggle for me. I think it would have been better if they just told the story. But I feel like it made that message that more important to the story, that tell the people you love, you love them. Doesn't that make you think that maybe it's not really the message of the movie, though, and it's instead just kind of shoved in there haphazardly? I think you could have still had the the truth, telling the truth, that, that, because he is living a lie, right? So this is... He realizes the Beatles don't exist or don't exist in this new world that he's woken up to, and because he is a singer songwriter, he then decides I'm gonna write the write. I'm putting that in air quotes the Beatles songs and perform them, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know try to become famous because that's what he wants. He wants people to care about his music and his his songwriting. So I don't know. I guess there's a little bit more to unpack there, but I'm curious your thoughts on that first watch. I really liked. It. I've seen it more than once. Like, I've probably seen it a couple of times since I saw it in the theater. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't care for it. Aww. Yeah. Damn it. You I, suck. I thought, honestly, one of the... <laughs> I took some notes, and one of the first things I wrote down was terrible writing. Eesh. Terrible writing. Uh, some examples. Uh-oh. The weird, awkward reminiscing at the very beginning, where instead of showing us how he got into music, he was just walking along with Ellie, and all of a sudden he's like... Remember that time when I sang Oasis and I thought it was really good, but it probably wasn't really good. It was just this like really bizarre, not anything that a normal person would ever say, weird way of telling and not showing. And that was the first part. And that was within Mm -hmm. like the first five minutes that made me think like, was this written by a 14 year old? What, what is this? Um, (laughs) I'm really curious as to why he never Googled John Lennon. Because that would be the second thing I would Google if I saw that the Beatles didn't You would want to know if those people actually existed. Exactly. So I thought that was incredibly stupid. Uh, Thursday Night Live makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> I know. They put that in as a joke, and all I could think was, that's a joke told by somebody who thinks they're funny and no one has ever laughed at in their entire life. Because it doesn't, it literally makes no sense. The whole reason there was a Saturday Night Live is because it was fucking Saturday night. You could have said Friday Night Live. 
that would make it a joke that still makes sense because it's the weekend. So I thought about this a lot this time around. P.S. It was Winnie the Bish who told that joke. Oh my god. One of my notes is Winnie the Bish. Lamar Lamar Morris is his name, I think. Um, But Winnie. Winnie. More more commonly known as Winnie Which is great because you didn't see him at first. You just heard his voice. And I was like, wait a minute. I fucking know that voice. And then it was him and I got really excited. I've been in a New Girl hole recently. So that was was nice. I literally watched about two hours of New Girl two to three hours before you watch before this. watching this and he just showed up again magically yeah i i was thinking about that and i was wondering if he woke up in this world where the beatles don't exist then i'm wondering if because some of the stuff they like cigarettes aren't like the word cigarette isn't a thing thursday right. night live i was wondering if it was just it's an alternate reality and it isn't necessarily that the beatles just never met it's also that other things sure just don't and match. i understand that I, I just think it could have been done that's why i feel like it was bad writing because it could mm-hmm. have been done so much better like you choose cigarettes to not exist but if you were a real live person in a world where you woke up and cigarettes didn't exist what's the very next thing you're going to look at tobacco wouldn't you think you'd want to know if tobacco even exists or again, Beatles, you would look up John Lennon. Thursday Night Live makes absolutely zero sense, so it's a dumb joke. They said in the trivia mm-hmm. that they had played around with the idea of pretending purple doesn't exist. That's so fucking retarded. It's literally, it doesn't, what do you mean it doesn't exist? You mix colors together, you find purple. At some point but in our history. Like, it's not called purple? Yeah, like what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> it's just ridiculous. So, so I do think that... Um, because so, I, I also read the trivia, and it said that initially this was a much darker script, uh-huh. and that they added the love story to lighten and added some lightning. And, and it I felt think, like it was yeah. a totally different story, I which do. is one of the other things. So in, in talking about the poor writing, I think mm-hmm. that's one of the other things that really bothers me, is the love story feels like it's just thrown, again, kind of haphazardly in there. And I don't feel it, and I don't buy it, and it's, it's weird, and it's awkward, and yes. um, the other things... <sighs> let me have it let's just go ahead <laughs> the, um, <laughs> oh first of all so he he talks about playing wonderwall as a kid and then he googles oasis and finds out that oasis never happened either but then later when he's thinking back yes, about her he remembers the, playing wonderwall this is again. the biggest problem nobody ever addresses the fact that he had never apparently played wonderwall right like he doesn't yes. think to ask her what did i actually that's play the biggest fuck up i think is that that story of how they part of their story is that he played Wonderwall and that's where she fell in love with him but if Oasis doesn't exist yeah then Wonderwall can't exist so what did you actually sing doesn't make any happy fucking birthday and that was one that the first time I watched it I didn't think about but the second time I was like this doesn't make any sense I'm really curious how much money he's indebted to uh for the recording company because there's not a doubt in my mind that he fucked with some really serious contractual contractual obligations when he just released he's fine. songs he's, he's out of fine. school singing <laughs> everything worked out fine guys it's a fantasy it's that's a fantasy. it's a fantasy that's the thing like, here's the thing one of the things that bothered me the most oh there, my god john lennon oh here we go why did he talk to this weirdo because some guy just nice shows man. up he did tell him he needs psychiatric help for the record I don't believe John Lennon's ever been accused of being a nice man. Damn. I'm just saying, like, a a good guy in a lot of ways, but he wasn't a super personable person. He wasn't somebody who would necessarily talk to... Anyway, that was already... But maybe that's John... The Beatles' John Lennon. So, first of all, why would he talk to this weirdo is part of my thing. Um, My (laughs) other note (laughs) I got here... Uh, 
<laughs> this is what it says. It says, and why is John freaking Lennon used as a schlocky rom-com device? Because literally he shows up just so he can say, oh, you should be happy and tell the people you love that you love them because this is a romantic comedy now. So you go get that girl. Like we're taking John Lennon and putting him into a movie so he can say, go get her. That kind of made me angry and was also dumb. Uh, and and I'm really supposed to believe, although this says I'm really supposedly believe, <laughs> I'm really supposed to believe that he lived almost 80 years and never wrote anything. Dumb. Dumb. Well, we there didn't, is no we didn't way really get into that, did we? That Maybe he did. Uh, okay. Sure. So, so you did. Did you find it funny at all? There were moments. I wouldn't say that it, I wasn't like. I didn't think it was a terrible, terrible movie. I just think interesting concept could have been way better. I think my main problem with the concept is really just that we we love the Beatles mm. because we've grown up with them, and that's not just our generation; it's the generation mm-hmm. prior to. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody loves the Beatles, P.S. No, and actually, I'm And I not, don't understand people who don't. No, I'm not a huge fan. I, I mean, there are certain songs that absolutely are in the repertoire, and I absolutely adore them, but I've never been a fan of the Beatles. It's, for like, me, it's always been... I like their older stuff. <laughs> yeah, I sure as shit don't need to live in a yellow submarine. That whole fucked up album. Which I assume that he just didn't actually record any of these things, because he would have been written off right away if he started recording Yellow Submarine. Little Yellow Submarine? Yeah. <laughs> People would have been like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> I'm assuming, yeah, he only did, like, Abbey Road in the White Right, album. yeah. Uh, yeah, so, anyway, I'm not a huge Beatles fan. I Again, I think some of their songs are magnificent. Um, well, do you have a favorite? <laughs> we um, not Yellow Submarine. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's my favorite. Um, I think "Let It Be" is one of the all-time classics. You mean "Leave It"? Leave it be. Leave it be. <laughs> leave, leave him be. be. Leave it. Let him be. When we when we heard "Leave It Be," the parents were they one were of my favorite parts. That was of the that movie. was a really good scene. I did enjoy that. That was that just was anything where the parents were there. The dad, yeah, taking the sandwiches. But anyway, go but ahead. I do love that scene where it's like, oh no, play it, play us something. Oh wait, distraction. No, no, that's fine. It's good. Well, I already heard that part anyway. I'm just gonna go get some snacks. Don't worry. <laughs> That was that was great. And then and then he sounds like an egomaniac because he's like, "You're the first people to hear this song ever." And I know. He did it with his friends too when he was like talking about yesterday and how it's one of the best. And they're like, "It's not Coldplay. It's right. not Fix You." <laughs> I do think yesterday is definitely one. Of, so my and this is people would not agree. I'm sure. Come together is actually. I can see that. Being it's actually more your my speed. favorite because you're a big Rolling Stones fan, and exactly. I feel like the Beatles. A lot of their um later stuff is a little bit more less rocky and more chill i feel like uh yeah a little bit and yeah. i feel like you like that kind of rocky right sound so yeah that makes sense to so me. that's that's my favorite um even though yeah like i said there are definitely a lot of, of great songs but as far as this movie goes and this that, that idea goes i honestly think that a lot of their music possibly the majority of it would not resonate with today's audience if it were coming to them new so i was thinking about that because is a big message here that these are classics and that that's the thing like i don't nobody is gonna nobody of this generation is gonna want to listen to i want to hold your hand that's not gonna be a hit you think it's sweet because you grew up with it no they want ariana grande's love me harder right but like really nobody's gonna oh you're singing to me she was just 17 
Oh, no, that didn't age well. No. Back in the USSR, that was so stupid. When he started singing that, I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? You don't think help would, would translate well no. to today? No. In fact, when I heard him I singing it. I thought performance, when I, heard him, I thought, was very good. I thought, it was, I thought it was good for a cover of a song that we all know really well. I think that if it was a brand new song Nobody to hit the waves today, people would listen to it and go, what the fuck is this? And just You don't think people off. would like Yesterday? I think people would like Yesterday. Come I think together. they would like... Yeah, come together, uh, leave it be. <laughs> um, I think maybe the Hey Jude. The Long and Winding Road? N- the Long and Winding Road, maybe. I think that's the other thing is certain. The Long and Winding Road, I think, is a great song, beautiful lyrics. The music itself, though, is a bit dated. And I think that's the other thing is well, there are certain things that I just don't think would resonate with with today's society and there are also certain things that just by virtue of being produced in the 50s 60s and 70s wouldn't work today either without people going it might work for some people who really love that music and go oh man this is so throwback it's really like this or that but even then it would be just kind of shoved in a corner of somebody's mind of yeah they're really throwback it wouldn't be they're playing it up like he's the most popular or gonna be the most popular guy in the world and he's making this amazing music and for the life of me, I don't see it happen. I honestly don't think if the Beatles themselves, who obviously sound way better than this guy, the Beatles themselves Aww. came back and recorded all the same music today, I don't think it would have taken off. Because we're living in a different world so, where you're exposed to so many different things, too. I think it's an interesting thing that you're bringing up, though. Because watching it this last time, I thought a lot about just the music machine. So it, the marketing, so what did they say? The marketing meeting of meetings or whatever? Or whatever mm, they called something. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the Kate McKinnon character, and the point she's making is, I found you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pluck you, and then we are going to make you a star. And that I thought was really interesting, because I don't know how, I don't know the history of how the Beatles became so popular. I thought it was interesting in this movie every well, time. Well, I mean, the thing that really set them off in the U.S. was, uh, fuck, the show. The Ed, Ed Sullivan show? Yeah, Ed Sullivan, yeah. Right. So... You, when you see Lily James watching him, a lot of times she puts her hands to her face. Yeah. And then you see that picture at the end of the movie where you see the girls going crazy because there was, what did they call it? The British invasion. Yeah. Where the Rolling Stones and the Beatles came and, like, girls were just... Chasing after Just them. going right. ape shit, passing out, all that kind of stuff. Um, and if you think about how they were packaging Jack. So I don't know what they did. I don't know how the music machine worked back think about, then. Think about what girls go crazy for Justin Bieber in 2018 2019 2020 I don't know fucking BTS oh they want to see yes. a bunch of little boys who look like little girls dancing girls around are to very shitty impressive. I've I'm, seen them perform it's quite imp- not live but like on the TV it's quite yeah, impressive I'm not impressed but, but, but I've I, never been impressed with boy bands either right but I, I guess what I'm saying is like the, the I don't know what the music machine was like back then, if it was any different or what. And they definitely, when the Beatles were coming out, it was a different kind of music and it was new to everybody. And now... I think in a lot of ways they were presented similarly to how you would present a boy band. I mean, it was... Mm -hmm. The Beatles were the boy band then, along with the Monkees, you know. Mm -hmm. And then in the 80s, we have, like, New Kids on the Block Mm -hmm. and Menudo. And then you get into the 90s and you have NSYNC and Backstreet Backstreet Boys. Boys. I mean, that's definitely something that's gone on And then we had... What's the band with Harry Styles? One, uh, one, direction, one direction, one direction was yeah. a big one. But yeah, I think if you think about, he, they find this guy, He they call him a singer-songwriter, and mm. then they're just, it's a machine. And that was I what I really paid attention to this time. Like, we are talking about, like, would people have accepted him? 
I think what this the is, music. I think not him, I think but the music. this is what what they're telling the music him whatever. I think what they're saying is we're gonna package it and we know we're gonna make a fuck ton of money. Yeah, no, no I I get that. I'm saying as a movie concept, mm-hmm. I think it seems like an interesting concept at first because we are all so. Even those of us like me who I'm not a huge Beatles fan, like you said, mm-hmm. I'm more I'm more a Stones fan. I was super into The Doors and Jimi Hendrix, like that's more my jam. Um, and the Beatles were there, and I acknowledge that they're great, but they're Just not, not really my it. theme. Yeah, sure. And yet, I still feel a real affinity for much of their mm-hmm. music, as do the vast majority of us. So I think in that sense, it's interesting when we who are familiar with them think about what a world without them would be like. But I think when you take that and you turn it into and if somebody did create that music and introduce it into a new dimension mm-hmm. now, as in like this time frame, just in a separate dimension, it would be great. And I don't think it would. And I think that the the movie as an idea would have been way more interesting to focus more on him putting together these songs that he believes are magic, mm-hmm. just as the rest of us do, because we were raised with that concept of them being magic. Yes. And in part because, yeah, they were great, but also in part because... They are great. But my point is, is also with us, even the songs that aren't great, we still hearken back to. We still reminisce. They mm-hmm. still, you know, they still mean something to us, even if they're not great. And I think it was obvious when he was trying to remember the lyrics for all of those things that he wanted to get back to that, and he wanted to share that with people. But then it went that next step of the rest of the world automatically, automatically thinking that everything was great and wonderful and amazing. And I don't think that would have happened. And I think it would have been a way more interesting movie if it had been more about his struggle with stealing what what is good. Oh, how can I share it with the world? And then, yeah, you know, is is this actually like if he had found out that people really didn't want to listen to something like back in the USSR because half these people don't even know what the fuck the USSR is, mm-hmm. then maybe he would start to question, were the Beatles even that great, or were they that great for what they were then? And mm-hmm. maybe what our generation has to offer is just as great, we just don't see it now. And maybe I am great, and I can be great. Mm-hmm. It felt a lot to me, to come back to like the some of the poor writing I felt like was just shitty writing. Like, well, we gotta get a scene out, so we'll just yeah. get something out. But I also ended up wondering if the person who came up with the story just really suffers from imposter syndrome because that's a lot of what it felt like to me. It felt like somebody who feels like an imposter and yet wants to make it somehow okay to feel that way. So we're going to give him all this success and he's going to suffer from imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. as well he should because he's a fucking imposter. (laughs) And then he'll come back around to well okay it wasn't really me but that's okay because it all works out for him in the end anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to have that feeling but we're not actually going to discuss what it's like to really truly deal with that because he didn't really deal with it he just went from i'm recording all this stuff and yeah i'm kind of great and i had a couple of nightmares but then these people came in and told me that it was 100 percent fine because i was introducing the world of the music and now i feel good again because it's fine and then i'm gonna find john lennon and he's gonna tell me to go get the girl and now everything's perfect well john lennon told him to tell the truth yeah sure that's that's what that's what he, he felt like a liar and so I disagree with you that the Beatles music wouldn't translate to today because I think that you can take that music and it would be popular regardless. I could be wrong about that, I but don't think so. and I just, again, I'm, I'm not just talking about I disagree with you. I'm yeah. not talking about everything. Either. Yeah. When I say that, I'm saying I don't think that if they came out today that the majority of their music would resonate. I don't think it I would do sound think that they the would same have, exactly. But I think that they would still have some hits. Yeah. But. I don't think it would sound the same exactly, but 
Um, but it was a different time, too. Yeah, well, and that's I think that's kind of my point, is I would have preferred to see a movie that dealt with all of those questions mm. in a, an interesting and different and thought-provoking way. Yeah. I feel like that would have been great. And instead, what I got served was a weird romantic comedy that was also about yeah the you know ro- that's why i said i don't really care like the romance i sort of got it a little bit better this time how it was woven into the story and how we got to the end but i felt like it was a real. it would have been even better if we had stuck with the the idea of the music machine and how it makes people what they are um and how that happens i and guess I, it, it, so some of it is i feel like that movie happens already though like that's a I, and maybe that's part of my issue with this mm-hmm. this movie is mm-hmm. that it felt like too many different stories in one. It, it is. So like it, it, the, the music machine, that's right. a totally different movie. The romantic comedy is a totally different well, movie. I think it's... The looking at something that makes us all feel something, like mm-hmm. the Beatles music, yeah. and having that taken away, that's a totally different movie, a totally different concept. So it was all mashed together in a way that I, didn't work for me. I like the alternate reality. Like, I will, I'm a sucker for those kinds of stories. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a sucker for, like, some. let's do something weird and see what happens. And, yeah, like, Have yeah. this thought exercise of, like, well, what if somebody did wake up and they realized no one else knew the Beatles existed and they had the capability right. of using that. Like, no, I that's what that I mean. Really, I think yes. it's a really interesting and idea. It just can, wasn't well executed. You can tell that story and tell the music machine story too. Because it's, when you think, and I, you're watching it and he he discovers that nobody knows the Beatles exist. And then he's like, I'm, I can do this. And he has this like moment of like, am I going to do this? And then he does it. And He's playing in these little shops like he was before, and there's nobody there. And he finally has this, it's me. I'm the problem. It's not the music. It can't be the music. Which is really interesting because you just mentioned maybe the music wouldn't go. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe that really is it. It's him and the music. Or maybe it's just the music. So anyway, um, I mean, Summer Song's a great song. Like, who's, mm-hmm. who's to argue? I mean. Just <laughs> <laughs> play Summer Song, the new play Stonehenge. I do, love, I do love the fact that he tried to sneak it in the album. And she was <laughs> she just, just like... like that track. She's like, like I'm trying to describe how much I hate it. No, um, yeah, it was. Yeah. I hate it, but I also don't care enough to, to actually, actually listen it. to it again to figure out how why I hate it yeah. so much. Um, so anyway, he's, and it is sort of dumb luck. Like he works hard. So that's something I've I've been really like people. You want to look at famous people, musicians, artists, actors, whatever, and and think like, oh man, they just had a break. And it, no, they fucking work really hard. Those people work really fucking hard to make shit happen. Oh, I mean, and, most of them. I think the ones who are good work really hard. So um, he's working, he he gets somebody, shows up and says, hey, I'll help you record an album. And then he's passing it out. And then he happens upon this shitty local cable TV show. Mm -hmm. And then who sees it? Ed Sheeran. And then it it turns into a thing. And one of my other favorite scenes is the moment where Ed Sheeran challenges him to a songwriting competition. Mm -hmm. I thought that was good, yeah. It was really good. I will say, as much as, as much as I love I liked both the songs. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it would have been an out and out. This new guy wins this competition. But I think it was Ed going. I'm not. I some. What does he say? Somebody would. Oh, I, they always told me somebody would come along who was better than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I liked Ed. that part. I, I just again, I feel like that's us with our preconceived notions of what the Beatles, how are. great of a song yeah. that is. Yeah. But if you think about, it, I mean. They're, bo- they're both, and, and I, I'm curious where the Ed Sheeran, I don't know any Ed, of Ed Sheeran's music except for maybe the one that he, in the movie, used as his own ringtone. Yeah, I, I have one album of his and I don't even remember what it is, I did, I did, my I did have a thought of like, this is the Ed Sheeran I need to see on TV. The Game of Thrones cameo was bullshit. 
I don't know why that affected you so much. I, I hated barely, it. Like, I, I hated it. He was there for like five minutes. It was so stupid. I recognized him and moved on. I didn't even think it was a, it was like. so stupid. It was, it, it's a thing you hated and I didn't care enough about that. <laughs> no, exactly. All right. Yes, you are the Kate McKinnon of, yes. So I, you know, I guess it is a little bit of, he worked hard to get his album to people, but then he had to get discovered, so to speak, by Ed Sheeran mm-hmm. and get some exposure through him. And then Kate McKinnon notices him, and then it's it's all over after that because she's like gonna pluck him, make him drink from this chalice or whatever. And she's, she's like, that's some weird shit. At different says, times. I just need you to say, give me the goddamn chalice. <laughs> um, she's great. Like she was one of my favorite parts. The parents were another favorite. Fucking Rocky. I hated him so much. Oh, I loved him. He was no. so much fun. No, I hated him. 100% hated him. <laughs> Why? The stupid jokes that he's making with Ed Sheeran just made me cringe <laughs> and want to, like, slap it's him in the face. To. The part where he, he goes, they're having a very serious conversation, mm-hmm. uh, him and Ellie, and then he walks over and he's just like, can I have just one crisp? And he, like, grabs all of her chips and walks away like a fucking douche. No, I hated him. I hated his curly hair. <laughs> I hated his super height. I, I hated that he couldn't do his job right and like got fired in the first five seconds of the movie i hated him oh i thought he was adorable i know I, I think that he guy, was a horrible person the other thing i've seen him in he also was in game of thrones yeah yes. yeah uh-huh. I, because i looked him up and i was like i fucking know i, I know can't this remember, guy. i can't remember his name but he's he was also in a movie that came out on netflix pretty recently called uh love wedding repeat which was really stupid oh. don't watch it that i mean doesn't it was sound dumb. good but but um but himesh patel didn't know from adam no but thought he was incredible can i ask you yeah okay what first couple of scenes here's this guy little grizzled like thick beard i was gonna ask you the same question who did he remind you of oh no who did he remind me of yeah oh i don't have an answer to that do you not see him as like a like an indian alex our Alex? Um, yeah, no, yeah. We, we, a little bit of a weird mouth. A little bit of a weird mouth. <laughs> with the beard especially. Like, I 100% saw it. I no. couldn't get over it with the beard. Now that you say it, I totally see Once it. Once the yeah. beard went away, it was kind of like, all right, whatever. But for care. some reason, <laughs> the way is the shape of his face, uh-huh. the kind of weird mouth, the way his face looked with the beard, it was like, it's fucking Alex. <laughs> it was freaking me out. I was just going to ask if you liked him with or without the beard. Um... That's a tough one for me. I'm I'm a fan of beards as long as they're... I feel like his was a bit much. I, I'll say that. I like a nice, like, really close-cut beard. Okay. <laughs> I definitely liked him more with teeth. Uh, he did look better with teeth, for sure. But I, I did love that that the accident did that, too. I, his, I mean, it's horrible, but, I know. you know. His, I mean... Uh, that he has like because Kate McKinnon's like what did she what did she say to him can you look better can you look better than this <laughs> what? she said something like uh, you you look really thin but round <laughs> something really bizarre and off putting I'm having a real like you know I got some body issues I, I've, I've had them you know since I was like I don't know eight so it's nothing new there but <laughs> Uh, seeing people talk like that to somebody who clearly looks totally fine and normal. And then, like I said, I've been watching a lot of New Girl lately, and they're always making fun of Nick for being fat. And he he's is, never he's not in fat. any, at any point has he ever been fat. And I keep hearing these things, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like, <laughs> am I, bl- I feel like there's no way I can be blind to it and still see myself as being you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you might think you're blind if you think you look awesome, and everybody's saying that these people who you think look good don't but it's not that I, so I, this the world is killing me 
he just people like that kill he me. just looked like a nice normal guy i mean i i don't know i thought he was cute yeah I, i'm into it yeah without the beard though i don't like the beard uh, you don't really like no. beards anyway right deborah i'm so thirsty give me the goddamn chalice i love kate mckinnon yeah i do too i i find her a bit despicable in this movie which granted she was supposed to be so that's fair I think the other thing I didn't the the friend the relationship them being friends I was really trying to process that so he essentially friend zones Ellie for their entire I don't think it's fair maybe I just don't like the term friend zone but I don't think it's fair to say that if they grew up together like he even said that he said you know when was I supposed to make him issues like you have 20 years to make a move and he, he was, was like, like I was when eight. I was yeah when I yeah. was a little kid I mean I, I don't and think it's like, fair fine, to say 10 that years. I don't think it's fair to say that you friend zoned someone if you've grown up as friends That's and true. they've only ever been and she, a friend or like a sibling to but you. I think that she was really she wasn't being overt with it but she was putting herself out there she was I don't know that she was though if you've been close friends for that long That's if fair. you've been close friends and your feelings change and develop into something else and, you and don't you're not honestly tell that yeah, person yeah you're not saying that yeah. I don't know that you should expect them to necessarily pick up on it so I don't think that was I don't think that was really fair and I don't think it was fair when <laughs> it really pissed me off when they were like at the was it at the train station that she was catching a train back and and she was saying like you know I just want to be put first and this and that mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's a problem with saying that that's yeah. what you want that's what right. you want fine but he had to get on a plane yeah. obviously he was gonna go and she was making it sound like it's now or never it's yeah. just now or never why the fuck is it now or never you literally just told me this you just told me this I've had no time to process you know that mm-hmm. I'm trying to live and work my dream right now you've been supportive of that right forever. but he also did wake up the next morning and go chasing after her I mean I think he that's st- she still should have <laughs> I I don't think it's fair for her to make it a now or never thing when she knew that he had to catch that plane she knew that he had to finish that album and had to do all of these things you can you've been waiting according to you 20 years and you can't give him a few weeks really I, that's a dick move. I also, you know, but maybe maybe it was a dick move, but I feel like that night before they slept together when she stopped everything and said, look, we can't do this because it'll be a one-night stand. And oh, that's I'm fine not with that. Me. Yeah, I was, like, really sense. happy that she yeah. told him that and thought, yes, that's how it should be. Like, she should be honest with him about right. this. And I think he would have been totally fine with having had committing to each other have sex that night and then pick it up but she didn't know she was going to see him again right no and i i I understand that i liked the fact that she cut it off there and Mm -hmm. explained to him the truth which is that yes it absolutely would be a one-night stand even if you do feel like you want to give this a shot if we don't know when it's going to happen that's that's just what it is i just feel like during that meeting she seemed to be a different she seemed to be on a different page it was no longer i want this to be right it was, I want it to be now or never. Yeah. And I don't think that's fair. And then poor Gavin just gets tossed to the side in the end. Which was another example of really shitty writing. Yeah. To have him it's just like, come out and be like, um, yeah, I want her to be happy, so go ahead, cool. take her. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin. It was like they wrote all of this out and had him have this mad de- declaration and then some producer came up and went like, uh, you guys remember that she was supposed to be dating somebody? Right? Oh, Gavin. fuck, what are we going to do now? So... Do you buy into that friends to lovers thing? Do you think that that's realistic? Or do you feel like you... 
because for me I want to be friends first like we I need to be friends with somebody first I need to have trust with them and then we can maybe talk about being in a relationship but then I also agonize over but if we do something that's relationship like will I then not be able to be friends with you anymore if it doesn't work out oh my god what's happening and like I have a moment of like panic because the only real serious relationship I've ever been in that's exactly what happened we were friends and then it was like well let's do something more and then I was like oh my god what do I do so I mean and you ended up falling in love and getting married yes I mean I was already probably in love I just was scared because I didn't know I, it just changed terrifies me yeah, so yeah. I guess I'm curious if you think that that's it should be like that if it's because I know other people who are married who they've always just dated they yeah. were never friends first. I, I don't think it should be any certain way but do I think it's possible that there are people who can find love in friendship first and then mm-hmm. that it transitions it to something else into something else yeah, i definitely think that's possible i've seen it with some people and i've seen it not work with people too where they think let's give this a shot and then mm-hmm. now we can't be friends anymore yeah. either and honestly that seems like it sucks and you watch movies where it seems like the most earth-shattering thing in the world yeah. you know they were best friends and now we can't be friends and it's so mm-hmm. sad but if you think about your life too and this might make me sound like an asshole like i don't need any of y'all oh you've already made yourself <laughs> sound like an asshole plenty this episode so you know keep <laughs> whatever <laughs> going but <laughs> the truth is if you think about your life some of the friends who you had when you were younger who you mm-hmm. thought you would never be able to live without you don't talk to anymore that's true so even though i think you might experience that in the moment mm-hmm. of oh my god i love this person so much you know do i want to change this relationship and run the risk of losing them i mean you might end up losing them regardless you know you might just drift apart regardless so. i guess it's so jim used to always say and i think he's probably still believes this that no no guy ever enters into a relationship with a woman just wanting to be friends that if you're friends with a guy that guy wants to fuck you or has wanted to fuck you i know that jim has said that i don't think that's true i think i think it may be true for certain guys and i think it may be true for certain women too Mm -hmm. because there are certain women who have they only want sex drives they don't want on an overdrive yeah um but no i certainly don't think it's true for all men and i think you see it with married friends i I mean i have a lot of guy friends who Mm -hmm. are married and you could say that there's safety in that because I, I know their wives and I know how yeah. much they love them and how dedicated they are to them. And, it, it, it'll and never I think be the beginning, I think the beginning of relationships, friendship relationships, when you are opposite sex, I think having that sort of safety net in place mm-hmm. it's nice. is nice. Because Takes away the... Exactly. You yep. don't have to think about it. He doesn't have to think about it. It just is what it is. But I think that's proof that you can lay the foundation for a friendship mm-hmm. and have a really good, strong friendship with a lot of love that is in no way romantic. I absolutely think that that can and does occur. Well, I just wanted you to know that the only reason we're friends is because I wanted to fuck you. Well, no, I get that. I'm very fuckable. Right. And you put me in the friend zone. So thanks a lot. Right. I put everybody in the friend zone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My vagina is closed for business. <laughs> it's done. Son of a bitch. You gotta work. I gotta work real really hard. Really damn hard to get in harder, there. Way harder than I am working. I bought you lunch today. You did. It's gonna take <laughs> that, more than You that. owe me for that. I do. Yeah. And I'm probably gonna buy McNuggetini stuff tonight because of that. <laughs> I owe you so much. <laughs> I owe you so much money. You have no idea. And yet still... <laughs> You're not getting into my purring kitty that, box. You're what? <laughs> no, not getting in. No. Is that what you go? What you call it to yourself? You go home at night. You're like, 
my purring purr. kitty, <laughs> purr kitty purr, I like to make it purr Jesus God <laughs> no Whew, okay wow excitement um, <laughs> I guess I'm curious um is there uh, well okay first of all I want to ask you this about the movie when you saw the guy in the mos at the Moscow show like standing there kind of looking and then yeah. you see him go and Google did you start did you understand what was happening oh like, yeah I yeah. assumed that okay. he recognized the music right away so when he my question is oh. and and I understand them not answering this because it's mm-hmm. not really part of the central theme but my question is really like was that guy in a coma when the things went down right. and Were was the woman the like and and then my next thought too is okay if that was the case then it's more than just these three people who would mm-hmm. remember that you know it's a shit ton of other people out there who were in uh, some kind of state yeah um but i wanted to know more about that just because i found that really interesting and fascinating but yes to your point i i did you were, i reg- you i rec- thought that he was recognizing the music so when you saw them at the press conference before he plays at the hotel and they're saying who was your favorite john paul george ringo and they're holding the old submarine did you think what he thought that he they were going to come get him yeah okay so yeah. you didn't i think- wasn't really surprised when they came out and said we we're just happy to hear the music again mm-hmm. like that didn't shock me but they seemed aggressive at the press conference which yeah. made me think that they were going to come at him more yeah. i mean i think they were just trying to get it now i think they were just trying to get his attention it could be um would you just he just, his parents just let Ed Sheeran into the house, but of course they don't know he's Ed Sheeran. But I did he, love when his dad was like, you look like Ed Sheeran. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that. Um, I guess I'm curious, would you just let any famous person into your house, like if they just showed up at your door? Any famous person? Like, um, that's my question. Like, where like do you a Chris Delia? Where, where do you... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, there's I mean, a line. <laughs> you're older than 17, so I think you oh, would so I'm be safe. safe. I'm safe. I'm curious, though, what you, yeah, like, is there a, where's your line? Like, who, so, like, if somebody shows up at your door, do you just let them in because they happen to be famous? Because it is an interesting question, actually, if you think about it, because the, the reality is you're not going to let a stranger into your home. Right. But you feel like you know these people. If Tom Hanks shows up at your door. Uh, it's Tom Hanks, man. Well, okay. He's also safe because he's already had COVID, so you know you're good. Well, that's true. But the point yeah, is, is if, it's somebody, if it's somebody who you know, you feel like you know them, yeah. even if you don't. Yeah. Tom Cruise. You, you would <laughs> or you wouldn't let him. I would let Tom Cruise in. Because here's a couch. I've known Jump him, on it. I've known him. I feel like I've known him my whole life. Yeah. I ha- Honestly, somebody like that, do I think he's got some real problems? Absolutely. Of, of course I do. Well, I mean, in fairness, I have some problems, too. But but I do feel like I've heard so many stories about him being a genuinely good person, mm-hmm. too, that, you know, yeah, I, I would probably let him into my house. And then you, if you hear stories about certain other people just being dicks, mm-hmm. then I probably wouldn't. I don't know. Like, would you that, let Kanye in your house? No. No. If Kanye showed up, I might lend him my phone to make a phone call if he was, like, stranded down the street. I might be like, hang on a sec, close the door in his face, grab my phone. Here, you can make a call. No, I think he's a fucking tool. Yes. I don't want that in my I house. I do, too. So, I guess, yeah, I, that's, I was trying to think Although, of that. Although, he's got a lot of money. and if Could the, be a good guy to know. Yeah, like, if he might repay me for my kindness, I might let him in. I'm just trying to think how I would feel if... And he already had that call earlier from who... He, I guess, figured out that it's Ed Sheeran when Ed Sheeran showed up to his house. But, I like, if Brad Pitt showed up at the house right now, I'd be like, how did you find me and why are you here? I think that would be my initial reaction would be like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I wouldn't be like, oh, my God, Brad, come on in. Like, like Steven Spielberg and Kate Capshaw. 
her family is from this area. And I, I've told the story a million times that I packaged their Christmas gifts one year. Oh, my god! When I was a kid, I worked at mailboxes, et cetera. And her family, the Kate Capshaw's family, was sending mm-hmm. gifts out to their family. So I packaged them all together. And I still, still a source of pride for me, which is really fucking pathetic. <laughs> stole to that. I touched Steven Spielberg's Christmas gifts. That's right. Somewhere in this box are pajamas <laughs> filled with candy canes that Steven Spielberg is still wearing to this day. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know why. But the point is, is uh, they have family in the area. They've been to the area before. Sure. So it stands to reason that it's a possibility. Or Nelly. Obviously sure. Nelly's yes. in St. Right. Louis periodically. He has yeah. family who lives, still yeah, lives yeah. here. I think he might have a house here. Um, so would it be a little bit less crazy for them to show up maybe but even so that wouldn't be the first thing that would pop into my mind is like oh nelly you're from st louis and i'm in st louis of course you would be here. right, right. <laughs> it would still be like the fuck are you doing right here? exactly my initial reaction would probably be what the fuck is going on not like i might even jump to the conclusion of like this is a really good like brad pitt impersonator yeah I'm yeah like, yeah you know no, i 100 percent. that's why i thought it was so funny when his dad said you look like ed sheeran because i do think that's what would probably happen yeah. you know you're walking down the streets in new york and you see a celebrity you automatically assume that's probably that celebrity because yeah. you're, you're in new york or you're in la and mm-hmm. you kind of get the feeling that yeah you could be here um somebody shows up at your door no i'm pretty sure you're unless it's somebody who is a hundred percent recognizable, which I don't even know what that means. Like I, uh, I still Leonardo think, DiCaprio. I feel like or uh, Brad Pitt or Mark Scorsese. Like I still feel like you would look at that person at first and be like, yeah, you really you look like so and so. I just can't even imagine. I mean, I I for sure get really starstruck. Yeah, um, I know you do. You have a problem. Actually. I have a real problem. Like we can't go anywhere without you being like, you guys, there could be stars somewhere. <laughs> We're like Joshua Tree National Park, and like I don't know. So-and-so might hang out here. <laughs> it could be anywhere. Josh Homme. Josh Homme. I was so ready to, to see Who? him. Um, it's the lead singer of um, Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, yeah, Josh yeah. Josh Yeah, Who I wouldn't recognize him. Was married that to was Brody great... Dahl, and then they broke up, and it's fucked up. But anyway. um, the documentary I watched. That was a great documentary. Yeah, like um, Eagles of Death Metal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. So, I mean, Which I was we, a fan of Eagles of Death Metal, but anyway. We went to that little bar, that little desert place. Kathy and Harriet's, <laughs> and, and I was like, so sure they were going to show up, and I wanted to keep, I wanted to stay and watch the music, but we had to leave. I remember driving there too because Alex. Speaking of Alex, I think it was I was driving with him and Jim, and it was the car that he had rented, and I was driving too fast for him. He was like, "You need to slow down." Oh, it was pretty funny actually. Well. I'm like, "You need to calm down." I got, I got this. I got it. You've been drinking all day on the sober one. Is that the day that he spent in the hot tub with Jim? No. Just <laughs> Just like 12 hours. Would they go and get Mexican food and then sit in the hot tub that for like was, six hours straight in the, the desert? You guys went climbing. Me and Jim went hiking and we got back and Melissa was like, it wasn't, it got bad. <laughs> we started out in the hot tub with beers. Then we ate this Mexican food. It's, and he had such a terrible time in Vegas after that. I felt oh, I so bad for him. Because I, I felt You were sick, feeling sick too. But yeah. not like he not was. Not as bad as him. Like no. I felt not good it was rough and i partook of some pedialyte but he was like i remember we went into that restaurant and he kept getting up like every five minutes yeah it was at the el cortez it was like yes. the whole mafia thing yes. and yeah he was yeah it was bad i felt really bad yeah god rough. bless him um so i guess another question i had while i was watching this that for you what is there any band or singer whose catalog you could recreate if you were in this situation and pretend you're a singer songwriter if i thought about that too because is it papa roach it- <laughs> maybe <laughs> no i was it's 
funny. I was thinking about that as he was, you know, writing down lyrics and everything. And I'm not, I don't, I don't want to say I'm not into music because that's a bizarre thing to say. Like, obviously I listen to music and I enjoy it, but Mm -hmm. there are very few artists whom I can say I own all of their albums. And I don't, I don't think any, I don't, I don't think there's a single artist, even my favorite ones who I own all their albums and would know all of their songs because I'm just not like that I I definitely get really into I mean it's part of the reason we have this podcast right that I get really into movies and I always have movies and tv have always kind of been my thing and music has been something that I I love the music that I love and I it absolutely makes me feel things but I don't seek it out in the same way that so many people do Mm -hmm. and I would say 100% there are songs that I know all the lyrics to but if you ask me to just come up with them off the top of my head I don't I don't know um I think Fiona or like Apple's, albums in particular yeah I think Fiona Apple's first two albums title and win the pawn I could probably do you want to hear something really funny yeah jewel pieces of you damn I, I think I might album. be able to I might be able to do that <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of sad but uh it's a possibility yeah I'm because I'm trying I'm trying to think of albums where I've listened from beginning to end so many times yeah exactly and I just don't have that many albums that I've listened to all the way through so there would be certain which is another interesting point I think about this that he he really glommed on to the Beatles but he also saw that Oasis never existed Mm -hmm. and he could have recorded Wonderwall Wonderwall? as well and he could have searched for some of his other favorites and recorded some like why not mash them all together yeah (laughs) I think what come on why not I mean he did try to squeak summer song in there yeah well yeah I feel like it, it made sense that he would pick that catalog though because that he knew and he know he knows that the Beatles are were super well known and super well liked and I think he just felt like now is my chance and this is it. I and- guess I to come back to some of the songs some of the songs I really didn't understand why he chose, I guess is, mm-hmm. is my point. Like I I feel like he would have had so let's say he is actually introducing this music into twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. I think he would have had so much more success with Wonderwall yeah. than I Want to Hold Your Hand. Right. I still think that that's just a really weird thing to though. think would work. But you love it because you grew up with it. I do. And I was actually trying to think of, like, if I could pick a favorite Beatles song. Oh, I, you don't? Yeah, I didn't even ask you that. You I don't, don't have a favorite? I really listen to, I never really listened to, like, albums. Like, for me, it was just, like, I had all the, like, the songs always playing all the time. So yeah, yeah. I really like I Want to Hold Your Hand. Um, that's so weird. I really like... When I was a kid, I liked Paperback Writer and Eleanor Rigby. I don't care about those as much anymore. Hey Jude. I mean, I'll never not love Hey Jude. Um, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, too, is one that I don't think I really appreciated much as a kid, but I definitely enjoy more now. I saw her standing there. The one where he sings about the 17-year-old girl. Like, that's one that's... So you really do like the early stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, like, teeny bopper kind of stuff. Yeah, love you do. I never really cared for Can't Buy Me Love. I didn't really care for that song. It's fun. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But yeah, I guess... I had one more question oh yeah I guess I said earlier I didn't recall hearing the Beatles for the first time and you can't either but is there a, a, a group or an artist that you just love and you could remember the first time you heard them I don't know that there's a first there are certain there are certain ones that I remember and I don't know if it's necessarily the absolute first time that I've heard them like I remember hearing I remember hearing Nirvana on a jukebox oh wow in a pool hall down in bull shoals missouri which is like right on the border of missouri and arkansas when you were a kid obviously yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. i was probably like i don't know six yeah no it would have been 
eight or nine. Oh, really little. Yeah. That's like I'm trying to think of when they were. Yeah, I probably would have had to be about nine or so. Anyway, but I mean, I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember hearing them then and like it kind of. So was it Smells Like Team Spirit? Or I don't even remember. I just know it's it's stuck with me, but yeah. it also didn't. Mm-hmm. Like, it stuck with me to the point where, obviously, I remember that occurring. But I don't think I, like, I didn't seek them out. I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like I really super cared and sought yeah. them out and, like, was a huge fan or anything. Um, I remember a lot of James Taylor. And I can't say that I can remember the exact first time that I heard them, but I have a lot of memories of hearing, like, James Taylor and Carole King like Mm -hmm. in the car like my parents would turn on those stations Mm -hmm. and then those would be the songs that they would hone in on because Mm -hmm. they loved them so much um so in my mind the first time I heard a lot of that music was in the car when in reality I'm sure my parents had those records and probably played them periodically um the Beatles I don't remember I think they were just so ingrained into you know our our lives that Mm -hmm. you would hear them in movies, on TV, yeah. and you know, when your parents are playing music, on the radio, what mm-hmm. have you. A lot of first times for me would have probably been, like, MTV. Like, watching videos for the first time when things yeah. would premiere. and Because I remember we were in Washington, D.C., and we went to a hard... It's the only... Maybe the only hard rock cafe I've ever been to was in Washington, D.C. And I was probably in middle school at the time. And uh, it was a... I think it was a Bush video. Oh. I remember... Oh, no, 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 it was 311, down. Um, and I remember watching that video and that really kind of sticking with me. But I like music that I love now, hearing for the first time, like Alice in Chains. I couldn't tell you the first time I heard Alice in Chains. And they're like my one of my absolute favorite bands. I don't know the first time I heard them. I do I'm remember. Sure I in the box because that's the only one that gets all the radio play. I remember when I was a little, little kid, we had a couple of boys who lived across the street who were older than us. So I was, I don't know, five or six and they would have been like 10, 11, mm-hmm. 12, maybe something like that. And uh, one of them, Jay, he had an Alice in Chains shirt. And I never understood. Like, I didn't know what the hell it was. Like, like what was, was it even referring to? Yeah, it was yeah. years later when I finally heard of this band and was like, oh, my God, that's the <laughs> band that Jay loves so much. But I have a distinct memory of his T-shirt that he wore all the time because he loved them so much. Like, Fiona Apple, I know that I saw, I probably saw, I probably heard Shadow Boxer because I'm pretty sure that was her first single. I remember the video for that. Like, yes. I, I hardly yes. ever watched MTV or yeah, VH1. It was very rare that I did. But I definitely, that's one of the few videos yeah. that I remember. And that album, like, that's the first album that I remember just just falling in love with it. I would, I remember one time I was, like, in my bedroom. I had it on, and I was just listening to it. And my mom, like, of course, barged right in. And she was like, what are you doing? What does she think I'm doing, right? Like, all I ever did was, like, study and read. Like, I'm touching myself. <laughs> Like, so I was like, I'm, li- I'm listening. And she was like, oh, you're just listening to music. That's okay. That's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I right think then. it's like, she's been in there. What's she doing? Rah. Um, but I remember also just, like, going to summer camp and just, like, laying and, and like, on my bunk and, like, just listening to that album. Like, mm-hmm. and then. When your old Walkman. On my disc, man. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And then when I went to college, I remember when they really, she released When the Pond, going to the record store. I think it was the Slackers in Columbia and me and my friend went that morning it was like a, it was tuesday because that's when music used to come out this friday shit's fucked up no it should be tuesday yeah it yeah it should be tuesday because that's that when all friday. the movies will come out too yeah. right well, not movies like in the theater but mm-hmm, to, the new to video yeah, yeah. Uh, the vhs and uh yeah so we would went and they hadn't and the guy was like we haven't gotten him yet and we're like we'll be back and when we came back and we got it and then i went back to my dorm and listened to put the disc in and listened to it but it's just like it's not like i mean now it's 
you can pre-order it and then it downloads yeah. to your phone. It's like a completely different experience. And I don't even know half the time what's and it comes out. I hate that it comes out on Fridays. I fucking hate it. Friday is already good for so many reasons. We need a day during the week to get excited about shit. Why can't it be Tuesday? Well, yeah, sure. That it should be. It's so frustrating. So anyway, I don't have anything else. I mean, I get. I'm super disappointed. I you make very good points. Yeah. Very good points about. And I agree with some of them. I just... I, I do have a question. Yes. You, you've you seen Across the Universe? Yeah. Didn't Did really you? care about it. Really? No. Okay, so I loved that. I love the Fiona Apple cover. I thought that Across the Universe, for me, I don't was like that guy. a way better... I didn't mind him. Yeah. But I thought that was a way better experience for me. A way better way to experience Beatles music. Mm-hmm. I thought that it was... Um, this is going to sound so cheesy, but it was lovely. It was just lovely. Sure. It was like, here's all of the music that I love, and it's done well, and it's done in a way that I can connect with, whereas I felt, like I said, this was, the movie itself felt like kind of a jumbled mess. I could pick out, you know how you've said before that, mm-hmm. like, you notice the computer generation of something, <laughs> it really and crazy. it makes you nuts, and yeah. it's, I'm that way with bad writing. Like, you throw in something, you throw in dialogue that doesn't sound like it would come out of a real mm. human's mouth, it makes me crazy. You have these stupid little plot twists that are so stereotypical, and, you know, it just, it makes me nuts. Things are thrown together, like, I can't handle that. So, I didn't enjoy it, because I don't think it was a very mm. good movie. Um, but even though I don't love, love, love the Beatles, Across the Universe, for me, was more, mm. like, that made me feel their music and what their music would make me feel a lot more so yeah that's why i was curious if you had seen that yes i have i saw it probably when it probably when it came out yeah it's been years since i've seen it it's been but. a long time i um i do have the soundtrack for yesterday it's quite i quite enjoy it um it's and it's got some actual like are there any original recordings yeah i think they do have hey jude on there yeah there's no hey dude oh no dude, did you watch dude, hey dude, dude? I did, yeah. I seen Hey Dude. I fucking love that show. Hey, dude. I just thought that was the best. Um, it's got it's got everything. It's got him. It's got Himesh Patel's versions of stuff, but um, I think it also has. And he was great, by the way. Like I do think he was great in this. Incredible. Uh, yeah, I'm I, again. I I a don't, revelation. I don't like the movie. I think it could have been a lot better, but I do. I didn't have a problem with anybody who was in it. Um, even though I didn't like certain characters, but hey, if you can play a, as a derelict asshole <laughs> well to the point where I don't like you, you're probably doing it, doing a good job. He's Jack Malik. I thought that was a great one, name. Oh, too. he's in Tenet for one night only, or no, is it one man only? That's what it is. Yeah, I thought that was a, a great album cover. But yeah, it's. Uh, I didn't like that the print was on on the back of the cover was on the back of his head. I didn't. That kind of grosses me out. The back of the back of somebody's head. We need to leave it alone. Like, don't. It grosses you it, out. It grossed me out that the print was on the back of the head. I, I don't know what I. There's something about that that gives me the willies. The back of the head. Yeah, I just don't like it. It's, so you like can't be behind people. No, I'm okay. I'm looking at the back of your head, but but to see like printed letters on the back of his head was just gross. Why? That is I don't so know weird. Why. It's just really disgusting. Like it's just how nasty. is it disgusting? It's just fucking gross. Like. <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you. It's disgusting. Just don't to do it. To see a printed letter on the don't. back I mean, I can look at Post Malone's head. face all day. He's got fucking shit all over his fucking face. It doesn't bother me, but to see that... What if he had a tattoo on the back of his head? <laughs> no, and even a tattoo, but that printed letter is on the back. I just didn't like, didn't like it. Didn't, 
didn't like, did, no, I don't understand. Yeah, it's confusing. I don't understand it either. I just <laughs> saw it again and I was like, this is fucked up. Fucked <laughs> up <laughs> that album. I like that they shot down all of the other albums. Like, he was using the Beatles album, like Abbey Road, the White Album. Yeah. It's too much white. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, there's some racial problems here. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, yeah, and then they all laughed at Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Which you should, because it's stupid. It's silly, I remember yeah. as a kid thinking that was stupid. It's a weird, they did some weird shit, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, a lot of drugs. Oh, no, I, and I didn't know that until later. I mean, when I was a little kid, I remember thinking, like, that's dumb. I remember thinking Yellow Submarine was stupid when I was a it's little a kid. It's a fun song. I love it. I hated it. I thought it was dumb. Uh, and then I grew up and learned they were on drugs, and it was like, oh, okay, it's it makes fun. a lot of sense. Yeah, it's kind of fun now. My friend's little boy Noah, that he loves the Yellow Submarine. He was singing it the other day. We were, we were on a Zoom call. It was super cute. But um, I do love that they did uh, Obla di Obla da at the end yes, with kids. With the kids, with because so I again, that's another one that do I think it would resonate well with the public? No, mm-hmm. but do I think that it's kids could get kids. into it? Yeah. I when I hear that song, hundred percent, I just think of Life Goes On, mm-hmm. which such a good show. I yeah. wish it was on Hulu so I could rewatch it. <laughs> Hard Day's Night. What does that mean? Uh, I don't, I don't know. know. We're working that out. <laughs> that was. He should have thought about those things a little yeah. bit. Like when she asks him, who did you write that song for? And she's like, he's like, uh, like my friend's kid, uh, right? What? Is that what he said? Like, <laughs> who's, who's Jude? Uh, yeah, yeah, Jude. Dude, 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 dude. Do you not hear yourself? <laughs> it was good. All right. Well, thank you for watching it. I'm sorry it didn't meet your expectations, but I'll continue to watch it. I recommend that other people watch it. If you can just like, just enjoy it for what it is. That's kind of what I would put out there to people. Just in, if you like the Beatles, it's worth a watch. And I'm sorry that we spoiled it for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> did you know that he was going to find John Lennon? Did you figure that out, or did you just not know? And then he showed up, and there he when, was. So, like I said, I I expected him to Google John Lennon from the very beginning, mm-hmm. and throughout the entire movie, I was thinking like dude these guys might still be out there there. and who knows if they've actually written some of these things so i was kind of waiting for that shoe to drop and then when they handed him a piece of paper my first thought was like oh it's the lyrics of a song he hasn't been able to get Mm -hmm. and then i saw how small the paper was and my very next thought was oh it's probably john lennon's address so you did figure it out yeah like i had i was just completely like clueless along for the ride didn't know and then and then the door opens and i was like oh my god it's a lot. Yeah, I can't like his, his Because react- you, can't, you can't talk about the Beatles without talking. That's why I yeah. was so irritated and annoyed that he didn't Google them. Because mm-hmm. you cannot talk you about the Beatles. In yeah. theory, and I don't want to say this because it sounds horrible, but you could talk about the Beatles and not talk about George Harrison. Aww. It's not cool George and you Harrison's shouldn't do like it. George an amazing artist. No, he is. And- He's, he absolutely is. But I'm just saying, in theory... You could not think of, he obviously wouldn't be the first to pop to mind. Yeah, you can't talk about the Beatles and not John, John comes Lennon. first, then right. Paul. Exactly. Honestly, and Ringo, Ringo comes last, but exactly. he's got that name. I don't think. Yeah, because it's a memorable name. Yeah. I think he would come. Next. And he's kind of a goofy, and he's the drummer. I feel like the drummer always kind of sticks out. But yeah, that reaction that Jack has when he meets John Lennon of just like you're alive, yeah, and like can I hug you? I'm like that is the reaction that I would have. Oh. If I were him, I would have been like, oh my God, can I hug you? This is incredible. I don't think I would You've have. had this amazing long there life. There are celebrities if I met I would want to hug. John Lennon's not one of them. But 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 coming from this reality where he is dead. Yeah, no, I know. I still I have some I have some problems with some of his ideology that I just No, I I mean that I just kind of disagree with to the yeah. point where I don't worship him like so many people do. I don't worship so. him either, but like But but 
Eric Clapton? I know, yes. <laughs> I know what you would do if you you would cry if you I met Eric Clapton. There's still a chance that you could meet Eric Clapton. No, I know. I know. I'm just not I'm not putting myself out You're there. I don't know where enough. he is. When he shows if up If I could find a place where like Eric Clapton and Sam Jackson are just hanging out, <laughs> just go to that place. And if we could throw Donald Sutherland in there too. <laughs> if if Eric Clapton and Sam Jackson could go up to Donald Sutherland's property <laughs> and then you up could in go. I think it's in Alaska mm-hmm. and just hang out on his porch. And wait for me to arrive. Just wait for me. I think that would be fucking spectacular. When they show up on cameo. And I do think it's hilarious that I just chose three men who are like over. (laughs) When they show up on cameo, we'll make sure to. You know Ice Cube's on cameo now. I don't know what cameo is. Cameo is the thing where you pay money and then they record a video for you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. If Eric Clapton shows up on cameo, then. That'd be great. It just, it feels a little gross that you're paying. Like I know, I, I agree. Like, I would totally want to pay, f- like, so that I could know that I am messaging. I know I'm not messaging. Like, when I messaged Hayes Carl, I know I was communicating with Hayes Carl. Like, I'm sure he was answering that message. Like, re- you know, replying back to me. Like, but other people, it's their people. I, I always feel weird about, like, if you ever go to, like, a Comic-Con or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. Oh, and you're paying where to they get have, a photo taken. Yeah, and you pay to get your photo t- taken with them mm-hmm. or you pay to get a uh, an autograph mm-hmm. i don't know that's gross it feels really dirty to mm-hmm. me like if i met you on the road first of all i'm not the kind of person who would ever ask to hug you or <laughs> get a photo with you i probably wouldn't even interrupt you to yeah. tell you unless i really loved you and then i might just in passing be like hey i don't want to interrupt you i just want to let you know that i love you okay yeah. bye because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i because i'm really sensitive to like yeah, I don't. You, I don't want to make you cool. feel weird. Cool. I don't want to make you uncomfortable. I don't want to interrupt you. Like I, I get that you're mm-hmm. a real person, um, but if it feels like if that happened organically, like you met somebody somewhere and got a photo with them mm-hmm. or got their autograph, that's one thing. But paying for it just feels gross. Like this is a human being, and I'm paying him to write his name down. That just feels icky to me. Yeah, same. So I, I do think the message thing, the cameo thing, is a little bit different because you are asking them to perform. Yeah. So I, I kind of get and that. It's a, and it's not usually, you're not usually getting it for yourself either. Right. You're usually you getting, getting it for somebody, somebody who, else. Exactly. So you're gifting them with yeah. this person who they, they it's adore. It's also like, how else are famous people supposed to make money right now? Hollywood shut <laughs> down. There's no A lot of shows. people have residuals. I think a lot of people are good. Some aren't. You know who's really not okay right now? Honestly, comedians. Oh, yeah, they're fucked. Yeah. Because they already Unless a you ton are of money. way up at the top and you have a ton of specials that you're making they residuals need to be off of. Starting their own podcast, writing a book, figure yeah. it out, man. Yeah, maybe they are. Uh, Katie last night was like, I think podcasts are going to be like the TV TV this fall. Everybody's going to be listening to podcasts and nobody's going to be watching TV because there's no TV to watch. That's scary. We better get cracking. Or we should just make a YouTube show. <laughs> I don't want to be on YouTube. <laughs> I don't want a YouTube channel. Lots of people are doing it. Yeah. Do you think that people would want to watch us just sit here and talk? Fuck yeah. No, no. We are super entertaining people. Jesus Christ. No, we're not. They would watch Garfield. I'm just going to set up a camera to watch me watch television. <laughs> your reactions. Yeah. Just every once in a while you pick up your phone and text. Yeah, that's exactly and then you go back down. <laughs> Maybe you go to get a drink or something and come back. Yes, just fast. Every once in a while I just randomly curse at the television. You may as well just like, yeah, like a webcam situation. Start screaming at the dog. You're snoring. <laughs> You're snoring. I can't hear anything. You're blow drying the sheets. The whole thing. Oh, fuck. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for watching. Sorry you didn't love it, but everybody else should watch it. And that is all. <laughs> Bye. Bye. The Movie Virgins. Hey, people. This is Leah. I have a couple of shout-outs. 
First to Alex, our dear friend Alex, the boy with the weird mouth. We love you. We have so much fun hanging out with you. We miss you. And uh, just a shout out because we talk about you in the show, in this episode. And uh, it, we only talk about you because we love you so much. Um, secondly, we don't talk about this guy at all. I don't think we've ever talked about him, but we think about him daily. So this episode is des- dedicated to Davis Longneck. Davis, if you're out there, we love you. We miss you. Keys overboard. Anyway, we hope you enjoyed the show. We had fun talking about yesterday. I had fun talking about yesterday, obviously, Lindsay. Had other other feelings. Next week we have for you Thor Ragnarok. So that's a fun one. Get ready. Hold on to your butts which I think I said last week. Anyway, it's getting weird over here. I'm still drinking wine. I'm trapped in this house with these cats. It's just me and the cats just chewing on their fucking kibble all day long. It's just, it's bleak. It's really fucking bleak. Uh, anyway, but not that bleak, you know. I mean, I'm alive. I've got wine. Anywho, thanks for listening, wherever you're listening. Uh, if you want to keep me alive, you'll rate us. And you'll write us a review on Apple Podcasts. You know, if you don't do that, I will die. And uh, it will be your fault. And uh, like I said, next week, Thor Ragnarok. Find us on Twitter at MovieVirginsPod. We're still there. Sometimes I tweet things. Mostly. Mostly I don't tweet. I, you know. Mostly I, yeah. No. Anyway. So, um, thank you for listening. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you later. Catch you later. Bye-bye. One last thing, the music in this episode was written and performed by Melissa Powers. Thank you.